The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Today's edition of Neo Reality Collective is brought to you by Anchor.fm, a free distribution service podcasting hosting platform that allows you to record your podcast on your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so much more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor.fm app or go to Anchor.fm to get started today. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Welcome back, everybody, to Neo Reality Collective. We're back again with the reviewing topics of today, and we're going back into Immortal X-Men. Long have we waited for issue three, and this issue certainly promises to be an interesting one, since we're now going to focus on the perception of destiny, a.k.a. Irene, a.k.a. the woman who could see the future, a.k.a. the character who was dead for decades and then only recently brought back because of Hickman, and is now one of the centerpieces of Immortal X-Men. So I say that was a good day. <laughs> so yeah, when we last left off on Immortal X-Men, they had just recently resolved their Selene issue with the vampire stuff and chaos and Mr. Sinister's evil plan for Krakoa, and then Destiny has Spasm Attack saying, you're a ghost, you're a ghost, you're a ghost, you're a ghost. And we do not know the significance of that other than the fact that, well, that was said in the first issue where Mr. Sinister died. Yeah, that, yeah, that was a thing. Like, Destiny whispers something into his ear and then he collapsed in pure shock. P.S. It was probably about how Hitler is going to betray him. So... Mr. Sinister's like, then I will join them and betray him! Like, come on, let's be real. Will Sinister really do that? Yes, probably. Uh, so yeah. Hope is now officially on the council, and now she will see, and we will see if she'll ever learn the dark secrets that hide within. Especially in the wake of Magneto's departure. And Mark Brooks's artwork cover art for this is pure gold, so I demand recompense and wanting to see his artwork be more and more recognizable for the world to notice his great talent. Talent! Oh, and um, let's see, uh, let's see, Nightcrawler is alright, uh, Exodus is Exodus, is religious fanaticism, Xavier is just there. Uh, but we'll see what's going on in this issue when we get back from the break. This is Near Reality Collective. Stay tuned for more in a few minutes, and we'll be back after these messages.
enough talk. We move on to Immortal X-Men, issue three. More immortals. Yeah, I know. I just need to get that obligatory thing nonsense in. So we get some narration with awesome visuals of all the past X-Men stories. I was 13 when the future opened up before me. It was then I found out that I really wish I could go back in time and kill everybody for being stupid. And then I also wished I realized I should have went ahead and joined the government. Because, my god, we're stupidly dumb. So, yeah, we see the young Irene when she was 13, her metagene activated, and, well, her mutant gene activated and hijinks ensued. She was so stunned and horrified at everything. And then she's then as the narration continued, I saw both the temporal world and all the worlds to come. Thanks to the latter, I knew this dual state wouldn't linger. I would lose my human sight in months. My mutant sight would dim after my first overwhelming flush of precognitive preciousness. Precognition preconsciousness. In the beginning, I was determined to use my time well. Others would have traveled or communed with nature like a parody of a romantic soul. I was even more romantic. I used the time to write. Thirteen volumes in thirteen months. Yes, and then people judged me for reading books at this prime period of my life because I am a woman. They, all, they described all I had seen in a mix of truth and lie. Me? I did so with the wisdom of youthful cynicism. The future was an open book to me, but to others, it must be concealed. I always loved books. The last thing I ever saw with my mortal eyes was the last line of the final volume. Artists often talk about writing a book that will make them immortal. I had done it. My work was done. My work had barely begun. Meanwhile, in the present of now, Krakoa... So... Yeah... So Mystique has taken Destiny into into this private space, and she's currently relishing in pain and future visions potentially. While Mystique cocks to Emma Frost, scan her gently, the surface only. Pry deeply, and I'll don't strain yourself trying to conjure up a suitable threat. You're tired and worried. Assume I am appropriately terrified of the magnificent and monstrous Mystique. I know this is difficult for you, but I am on your side. Yes, I am on your side, just as I know that you were, that I claimed that, that precognition was a threat to our society, but I decided not to do that because I decided to let you all live under my directive rule. Wait. Destiny is elsewhere, many elsewheres. Visions, so many visions, it's overwhelming. I feel a little tipsy. Uh, I might get drunk later and have my multi-angled uh, harem romance with Cyclops, Gene, probably Wolverine, but uh, it's mostly with Cyclops and Gene, probably. Hmm. She said it was like this the first time when she wrote her testaments and smartly hid them behind lies. I wish I was as sharp as I was when I was 13. Instead, I was a callow youth with an unfortunate nose. Still, I solved both of those problems eventually. Raven, we also have a problem to solve. I have a solution. The council needs to meet. Things are tense and conversations must progress. Charlotte promises no votes today. Storm is off at another Iraqi challenge, I believe. So I believe him. You can stay here with Irene. 
We do not trust Charles. No, I don't think any of us do, but I'll ensure he sticks to his word. And as you said, something absolutely petrifying a minute ago, you can assume I am appropriately intimidated. You can't make me smile. Only she can make me smile. <gasps> We're seeing Mystique be more humanized than ever! It's almost as if there was a character beyond her badassery! No, I will be there. I need not sit and fret at her bedside. She would not leave me like that. She would not leave me like this. She would have warned me. This time, she would have told me I made it clear. Never die again without warning me. My wife will not leave me like this. Wife means with life. I love that word. I always wanted one. I was sure there would be a world where I can have one. In a deed and word. So we cut back to the past during the good old western world. Where people were all accepting of all critters. Ah, the wild west. Seeing futures makes for one's understanding a lot easier. I was, in the my language of times, a sexual invert. The futures I saw made clear down an eyeball and show where non meaning so would lead me. I saw futures where I was a dutiful and depressed chained by society to a variety of men who held scant interest in me. The best were velvet cages, the worst were scourges. I did not survive them, not in any way that counted. And I saw the alternative. The first time I made Raven laugh was when I embarrassingly confessed that I walked into that room knowing I'd fallen in love with her. She said she did wonder why I seemed nervous when I walked in. And I told her that the nerves were gone by the time we spoke. They were replaced with a nervous shiver of being the presence of one so divine. Ah uh, yes, because Mystique in a cow cowboy outfit is pretty awesome and the fact that you the fact that she's straight up in her blue what skin and what and red hair makes you wonder, is Irene the only one able to see this, or is everyone just more accepting of mutants at this point in time in history before everyone lost their minds? Gives the mind to think. She smiled at that too. I think of what a friend of mine called that that had been used Queen Victoria asked upon discovering her lovers were women. What do you do? I know how I answer. Whatever we want. Forever. Ah, and yes, we saw the tale of how they fell in love. She was my nexus. My first crucial nexus. Nexus is the key to understanding what I do. My gift works by seeing possible futures. In the short term, I predict things uncannily, but look out, Colossus will arrive through the wall in three seconds. It's not much use in saving the world. Chaos theory. Small changes make the future a flux. Nexuses are the landmarks of which we navigate either away or toward. For example, take climate change. Any choice which does not stop the world cooking is a choice that is ultimately irrelevant when playing the long game. A nexus is when the which pulls timelines toward it. Many things after it are more predictable for better for worse. So what you're saying is is that we are absolutely meaningless in our plan. No I don't know. I'm not I'm not a cosmo, I'm not a chronologist. Oh, and also um, I would like to say this delicately, uh <laughs> she, she, they're really bringing in the Nexus stuff of Loki. I don't know if, if Destiny did all this comment about the Nexus points 
in terms of her past time in the comics before her death and she was dead for a long period of time uh i don't know if the nexus stuff was ever brought up but then like when everything changed with the marvel cinematic universe did they introduce the term nexuses when this happened like they even introduced miss universe little miss universe or clock or whatever but anyways oh god so turns out Destiny was foreseeing a ton of events, such as World War II's the end, specifically the apocalypse. There are other nexuses, small or large, they are waypoints on a journey, or their terminus. Think of me as a chess player, searching for, their, for such moments, and then pushing history either away from or toward each nexus's gravity wheel of probability. Mystique and I being together made me complete. The me without her is no me at all. She was a nexus, a necessary step to do everything I had to do. I had burned the universe for us to be together. She was the best nexus. I knew my next one was hard to reach. For the future to happen, we had to be apart. For the future to happen, I had to die. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so remember how we were referencing an remember how an X Men by Hickman's run. And she reveals to Mystique that she will eventually die, but she never really goes into details of what kills her. She just tells her there will be an island, and yada yada yada. Well, yeah, turns out she could have told Mystique, and they could have changed everything. But, yeah. Turns out that if Destiny survived her tragic death in the comics universe long beforehand then Kirkoa can't happen. So we see the moment in time where she would die, where she narrates and gives new angles and directions and whatnot. Kirkoa was my limit of my vision. It could be a mutant paradise. It could make us all immortal. It could be special enough to save the world from all the dark nexuses around it. I could not see why, but I knew there was no Kirkoa if I lived. I know why now, Moira. I have killed her and so prevented Kokoa from ever happening. I had to be away for this possible utopia to be born. I chose the Nexus which best skewed the odds and pushed toward it. I would die on Mer Island and hope that I could be saved. I couldn't tell Raven. I regret this. I told her to burn Kokoa down if they didn't bring me back, but I couldn't tell her I was going to die. I have a secret. It is awful and shameful and I hate to admit. And as I skim through the futures and see horrors and death unending, I have a mantra to save it to myself. My gift is a gift. Yes, my life would never would be over without mutation, but it would be also be easier without it. And so the shame. Even I, the greatest mutant terrorist, occasionally wish I was not. Do not hate me. You do not know what is to be me. Perhaps if you listen, you will. I died, and my last thought was sorrow for the sorrow I was causing. Love is both a gift and a curse, too. I left Raven all alone then. So, yeah, there's a... So we don't see the character that kills Dusty in the past. Comic continuity. Yeah, comics are confusing, okay? But from the design look, it looks like it's Legion. So, yeah. <laughs> I could be greatly wrong. And I leave her alone now. Meanwhile, at the Kokoa Council Quiets, Qu 
quietly debating about everything, Charles Xavier finally decides to finish the inquiry. Uh, that hope is the last of the secrets of the island. It should bring you up to date. At this council meeting, hope is brought being brought into our conspiracy to explain the truths of Krakoa known only to the high table, specifically Morris part in it. So you decide to tell her everything. Hmm, good idea. Um so what if she quits being a councilwoman? Will that not end well for some people? Uh, okay. Or she's, you know, unexpectedly killed and we can't bring her back. And someone was to find her memory somewhere in the afterlife because this is the Marvel Universe. In fact, Hope's first response to all this? I understand. So, why is it a secret? Why don't we just tell everyone on Krakoa? We should do that. Hope, I'm afraid that is a terrible idea. It is an ethical idea, Homo Superior. We got at least to try to be better. Why the pushback? Come on, Charles. You knew what you were getting. Why did you give me a Cerebro helmet if you didn't want me to get more involved? I did no such thing. <laughs> you mean to tell me he never figured it out? Wow. Who out of everyone in Krakoa and Destiny's Resurrection, the one person that was resurrected and Xavier never figured it out? And hope didn't seem to figure out, hey, why would Des if Charles didn't want to bring back Destiny and Moira was against it, but you brought Destiny back, wait, does that mean someone else did it? My dearest Raven took certain steps to ensure my return. Not all of it was honest, not all of it is known. In seconds, it will be. If I was there, I'd catch her attention with a tilted head to soothe her. She is not alone. Another loss. This is a gift. You did! You came and gave me a helmet! I thought it was reward for good work, or... I assure you, I did not. The division of the elements of the Resurrection Protocol is important. I also had a strange visitor. Mr. Sinister decides to speak up. Magneto came to me, asking for all the Destiny DNA. First off... We got a continuity snarl! Because it wasn't Magneto who asked for your DNA, it was Xavier. And in Inferno Issue 2, you clearly knew it was Mystique. You even were saying stuff that said, Yes, I definitely know it's you, Mystique. I was entirely convinced it was him. But now Hope has revealed the shocking truth. There are other possibilities. And if the shape changer in question wasn't me, he then decides to shift his head into Mystique's. I wonder who it could be. And Mystique, naturally, threatens to murder him. You take my form again and I will murder you. Attempted murder at best. You be breathed out all of Krakoa to actively murder anyone. I would not put it past her. I see probability. And my love regularly beats the odds. If I was there, I'd help her navigate this. But my love would still follow this road. You know, burning all this down was my other option. Lying to a few of you to get Destiny back is a better than that. So, yeah. 
The council now knows, yes, Mystique did this, even though it should have been freaking obvious from the start, that, hey, if Destiny was revived, and Destiny's Mystique's wife, and now she's on the council, nominated by Mystique, what did you do, Mystique? Shouldn't that have been, like, revealed to Magneto? Like, oh god, Magneto and Xavier should have told Moira, oh, by the way, we think it was totally Mystique. The council argues over the seat of a woman whose gift is deceit. My gift leaves me prone, consumed once more. It's like that first time you were more so. The near future slips away. My mind rushes outward. As Xavier and Mystique argue bitterly. Like, it almost looks like Xavier's having a spasm attack. I was in the by that was a mere weeks old when the future opened up to me once more. And we see a ton of future events that potentially happen down the road. Exodus being worshipped by mutants. Uh, Layla killing all the mutants of the X-Men. Mr. Sinister taking the crystal throne of the Red Diamond Empire. Judgment Day that will happen in a month. And Magneto rules the world. Got it. So, yeah. We get this. Uh, we get, This was all part of the early prologue of this issue, by the way. We are so screwed, aren't we? Write what you know, but know everything. Part 3. The New Testament of Irene Alcler. The island nation of Krakow has founded an idea of mutant sovereignty and is governed by the Quiet Council. Hope has assumed Magneto's seat on the council after his departure and showcased her abilities in leadership in action and in the chaos that Selina unleashed following her own rejection for the position. While some council members like Exodus are thrilled at Hope's appointment, others like Xavier are still wrinkle at it. Plus, as recent events seem to be falling into Sinister's mysterious plans, Dusty's future begins to grow more and more troubling. <clears throat> We're doomed! So yeah, Dusty then has a series of precognition ideas of what could be the next, uh, let's see if I'm correct, uh, 20, maybe 30 years worth of content. I mean, like, if it even goes that far. Like, let's see. We got the Spark Inquisition, Limbrick Infinity, Infernality, or whatever. Uh, let's see. We got Kakoa Disillusion. Oh, that means Kakoa's gonna fall. Got it. The Nimrod Extinction Event. Well, Nimrod wins. Cassandra Supernova. Yeah, I wonder her. I wonder bringing her back was a bad idea now. The Reign of Apocalypse, Legion 13, Legion 12. Talia, Avengers vs. X-Men Round 6. Oh, well, that's going to take forever. Nimrod Extinction Event again. The Dominion of Orticus. The Emulsion of Judas's. The Gene Crossers. Unity. The Expanse. My god. We'll finally see how the Expanse all ends. The Broken Sword, The Empire of the Red Diamond, a.k. Mr. Sinister, The Storm System. Hmm. So, 
because by how this timeline goes, we're probably going to get Judgment Day and a new Krakoa, or they go forward with it and bring Apocalypse back and can definitely see them being Judgment Day and then the Broken Sword. And if they want to eventually have Mr. Sinister be removed from the council as teased in the Inferno teaser variant cover, it's probably going to lead into the Empire of the Red Diamond, and then Storm takes over the universe. <laughs> That's at least the vibe I got. It is different. There is less future. Most timelines and, and sharply. A dramatic nexus than blackness. It turns out that we don't have to worry about climate change anymore. It turns out we don't even have to worry about Orcus Annihilation anymore. Any victory is slight before nothing, or am I wrong? Is something of such power blocking my vision somehow? All the timeline ends in war and horror. I see people die and time and time over. I stay calm as I count futures filled with corpses. My gift is my gift. What's happened? I look for a common thread. Clues. I find little, but scent scant candles in the dark. Cannot not give up. I reach and I reach. The furthest candle, a flicker far in the dark. Deep space, an expanse. The distant reach of a mutant church empire. My god, Exodus has finally lost it. I see a fiery starship the size of an actual star corner of a second vessel. It is, oh god, it's lined with cloned meat. Another word for shop batteries. Massive amounts of kinetic energy stored inside the grown muscle of a long dead man. Gross! I know who thinks like that. Nathaniel Essex. A toddler who would turn up to any party and assume that all the gifts are his. Ah, so, uh... Mr. Sinister, do you want to explain how you have corpses on a ship as your skin thing? Gross! We have you, Jean Crossier. We have made you a hell where you will suffer for your crimes. The souls of those who desecrated await. They have long psychic knives and eternity to pass. At last, you, Judas Pry, he who burned paradise, will finally suffer for his sins. Ah, so Exodus became the phoenix in this timeline. Clue. I need a clue, and thankfully, there are constants. Some people never change. Nathaniel's pro ego proves my ally. Oh, you are unbearable! You've lost! It doesn't matter! Uh, how many trillions are bloating you up with belief? You are just another loser! Again and again and again! I won't be your in your trap for mere half a day, and frankly, uh, hell you've cooked up for me can't be more perjurable than your tepid company! I am the only thing that exists. You remove me and you're all gone. Do you really think I didn't think of a failsafe to burn in this dumb timeline? There, it's him. But how? Pretty interesting. Learned a lot, holy chump. See ya! And he screams and is stretched on for a subjective eternity. And then only darkness. As if his trick death triggered the destruction of the timeline. He went on social media and posted his opinion. The bastard. He can't do that. Only Moira can do that. No, Moira's gift could do that. Nathaniel has cloned Moira. Dun, dun, dun! 
we're screwed. So, yeah, now Dusty knows, yes, Nathaniel has more of clones. Oh, God, <laughs> this is getting badly. You promised me you'd bring her back. You were never going to do that. What did you expect me to do? Oh, um... So we're back at the Quiet Council, and they're debating about everything that went down. You're, uh, the ends justify the means terrorist, Raven. It's a little late to play the romantic idealist. Then Kate Pride decides to speak up. Wow, Chuck, that's some real Professor Xavier's a jerk energy you're throwing out there. Oh, God, are you... Tr no, 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 you seem to forget something. Uh, Xavier is more like, uh... A guy who thinks he's doing the right thing, but also kind of does a whole bunch of messed up stuff, like uh, abuses power a little bit too much when he wants to. You're thinking of Cyclops being a Scott Summers is a jerk. So Xavier kind of makes this point relevant. I'm sorry, but I'm a little tired of you all judging the steps Eric Mortar and I took to take you to paradise. You get to take it wherever you want now. I may be the architect, but I am not a dictator. I hope that is clear to you. But however you presently feel about me, do not get distracted from what happened here. What Mystique has done is beyond the limits of simple politics. This is an active subversion of our government, undermining its system simply because of her own needs. Can we seriously accept her presence on this council? And everyone's silent by that reasonable argument until... Destiny decides to comment. A war is coming. Uh, Destiny, even you admitted that war is always inevitable, especially when it comes to mutants. So, someone should have just brought up, but you do realize we're all mutants here. We're kind of hated. Speak for yourself. I've personally been loved by my people. In weeks. Oh. Well, we'll survive. We have immortality. We must fight for immortality. We are royally screwed. We must be ready. If your scheme for Utopia matters to you all, you should thank my love for bringing me back. And everyone else should curse those who kept me, me from you and for their own petty needs. Oh, you're talking to me, Destiny? I'm gonna be... Uh, I'm not going to do anything, y'all really, even though I'm wearing the Cerebro helmet and I look like the Baker. Hmm, Kate says. Would you submit to me scanned to test the visions? Emma Frost decides to speak up. And Sebastian Shaw decides to comment. She's got a point. I'm fed up with being manipulated. Only I can manipulate people. As such... I will use my tactics to try and kill Kate Pride again. Wait, what? Nothing. Prove it, woman. No, I don't trust any of you in my head. Except for Mystique, uh, in more ways than one. After everything, you must see why. I am committed to the cause of mutants more than anyone. We must have a future. This is a lot of faith to put in anyone. I thought a man of mutant faith would have more trust in a literal mutant prophet. She is correct. Well, that was a simple argument. As I thought, probable. Exodus is the first to fall. The rest follow. Let Hope keep the helmet. She earned it, and we must think of the nature of the conspiracy a little longer. What's done is done. 
I try not to reveal the fact that I know that what we've done can be easily undone. Does Nathaniel know that I know? I can't give it away. If he does, he kills his Moira, and I'm back to square one. The universe is a snow globe tossed between the hands of a Gennetto child. I must tiptoe around a minefield of annihilated futures. We must play hide and seek in the dark. So, not only does that mean... So they both have the same thought process. Does they know that I know? Do they know what I know? My god, who knows everything? Some things never change. I suppose these are the things that are immortal. So Mystique prepares to go to bed as she says, You are magnificent. Come to bed. Alas, I have something to write. The muse is upon me. I'll need strong black tea and a great surfeit of it. As she looks out into the ocean, your running prophecy again? What does it say? Do you trust me? Do you want me to say it? I do. Call me sentimental. If every part of this world succumbed to dust, the last thing remaining would be my trust in you. What we have is immortal. Destiny takes off her helmet and says, Writing can wait. And then they make out. We are untried, a rope through time, a red thread in a skin of fate. When I finish my book, don't read it. Keep it safe, but don't read it. Until when? Until you have to. You'll know when. I write my testament in denial of my visions. It's a book for Raven, a book that she does not read in any of them because... Did you notice? All those futures? They share something in common. Raven isn't in any of them. There is no future, not in any way that counts. And so our comic ends as Raven then sleeps as Destiny tearfully writes her, her prophecy, her next manuscript, realizing that Mystique is destined to die. Well, that was frickin' depressing. Next issue, The White Queen. And we'll focus on Emma Frost next issue as she prepares the weird, the strangest cover to ever grace us in Marvel Comics, with Mark Brooks drawing Emma Frost with, her he with part of her arm turning diamond and her laying seductively in the bed, filled with red. You're welcome! So yeah, that was a fun issue. I like how we're getting the perspective of Destiny's writing being the narration, since she already knows what's happening, so she probably had the thought process already started, and, yeah, you do feel sympathy for her, especially with how her love for Mystique is genuine, even though she knows everything that's going to happen right before it happens. And, <laughs> yeah. The fact that you see Mystique, this character who's naturally this vicious, sadistic, you-know-what, you, know you kind of do feel sympathy for her, how much she how much her mind probably was radicalized by the death of Destiny all those years ago and she has and Destiny has to live with the fact that she couldn't tell her or else they wouldn't be able to have this proper prosperous chance for a future so yeah and Moira I don't think even she considered the idea of wait could she just look into the future and know what you were going to do uh yeah that's never been brought up so, I get the feeling that was partly because Hickman was editorially held down and the fact that she barely showed up in the Marvel comics after House of X and De Powers of Ten, 
Then she showed up in issue 20. Then, but she did show up in X Factor in the background during the Ten of Swords event. And then after that, she was never seen again until X Men 20. And then was brought back for Inferno. And then 10 Lies and 10 Deaths of Wolverine. And hygiene ensued everything ever since. Oh, and she's going to have a. <laughs> she's gonna go New 52 Joker on Mary Jane Watson and uh, wear her face at the Hellfire Gala. Ouch. So, that was Immoral X-Men Issue 3. Be sure to check out my other content and be sure to look forward to the next issue when that comes out next month. I'll be sure to get a review after that then. And by God, we're going to have a busy week going ahead forward with this. And this was Near Reality Collective, hosted by Eric Brown. Feel free to check out my other content. Be sure to keep supporting the brand as it keeps going. And I'll see you all again next time. Take care, everybody. Have a good day. Stay tuned for this last ad break and outro. Peace out. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.